0: This is the official Notre Dame football post-game show
1: presented by St. Joseph Health System. Brought to you by Coca-Cola, Sirius XM, Chili's, Papa Vino's, South Bend Orthopedics, South Bend Airport, West Bend Insurance, Centier Bank, and ABC 57 News. Also by Pet Refuge, Barnabys of Mishawaka and Granger, OSMC, and the Food Bank of Northern Indiana.
0: Tenth play of this drive is second down and five on the BYU 24-yard line. Ball remains in the far hash. Pine, shotgun, play action, stands in the pocket, plenty of time, throws to the end zone, touchdown Notre Dame! Three yards across the stripe. Who else? Michael Mayer.
2: And that was Michael Mayer's first touchdown of the night. Not a bad way to set a record, to be perfectly honest. It is the official Notre Dame football postgame show uh, presented by St. Joseph's Health System uh, here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT and also Sunny 101.5. Jimmy Rosary with Reggie Brooks. Reggie is out in Las Vegas. Um, got a little interesting there at the end, right, Reg?
3: Um, I am actually, uh, I left early because I had uh, come to a service of a former track oh. and field coach, uh, so I I I'm so I am back in Texas.
2: Oh okay, I'm sorry uh, but to hear that.
3: I did watch the game, um, <laughs> and I, we were just talking, sex. Of all the people that you you don't defend, how is eighty-seven not like double and triple teamed on a consistent basis? Right. But he just continues <laughs> to find a way to get open and make incredible plays and. That's why, again, I know everybody talks about the guy from uh, Georgia, but, man, this kid is phenomenal. He, To me, he's the best tight end in the country.
2: He absolutely is. Give him the Mackey Award now for crying out loud. Uh, Michael Mayer having himself just a huge night. Like I said, a record-setting night. He had 11 catches, 118 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he became uh, the, uh, the all-time leader for uh, for catches by a by a tight end in Notre Dame history tonight, uh, beating out Tyler Eifert. Wow, uh, that's
3: impressive. It, it really I is. Mean, you consider the tight ends <laughs> yeah. that have come through Notre Dame. Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah, and 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 let's just think about this too. Uh, how many games left do we have this season? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, holy cow! <laughs> we're not even halfway through. No, <laughs> like we're we're. We're, this, this was game number five, and, uh, and, and and he's already taken down records. It, that, that's just incredible to me. And, again, you're right. Oh, man. How is he not covered?
3: He just gets – so <laughs> Jay Novacek was a tight end for um, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. And I used to wonder why – because he literally did not run routes. He would just run the open space. Mm-hmm. And he, but he would be open all the time. Now I gotta admit, Michael Mayer is a much better athlete than Jay Novacek, <laughs> but he he has that type of it likes he has some force field around him that like pushes defenders away. He runs to a spot and like the defender like just moves away from him like it's some sort of force field. Right. He just is open.
2: <laughs> exactly, it's just like wow, they're 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 employing the. Let's not cover, you know, the all-American tight end strategy tonight. Let's see how that works out for them. Apparently, not well. Uh, at least on a couple of occasions. Uh, we'll get more as far as uh, as far as the game goes. Twenty-eight to twenty, the final score. Notre Dame over number sixteen BYU. Like I said. Plenty more to get through. We'll uh, we'll have Marcus Freeman's post game conference uh, press conference coming up here from Las Vegas. Uh, we'll uh, we'll get to that. We'll have uh, whatever player press conferences we can get as well. I would assume one of them would be Michael Mayer, but w- again, we'll see. And uh, he might course, be useful. He, might, <laughs> he, he yeah. might be one we want to hear. From. <laughs> so it, it might be oh, no. you know. It's something of note to listen to, but uh, we've yeah. got plenty more still to uh, to get through. This is the official Notre Dame football post game show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT and Sunny
0: 101.5. Under center, takes the snap from his own end zone. Stands in trouble. Down he goes! Two points, Notre Dame's defense. Jack Kaiser.
2: Everybody kind of got in on the scoring tonight. Uh, Jack Kaiser there with a safety that made it twelve to six in favor of Notre Dame. That uh, happened in the uh, second quarter. Uh, the final score tonight: twenty-eight to twenty. Notre Dame over BYU in the Shamrock Series game out in Las Vegas. It's the official Notre Dame football post-game show. I'm Jim Arizari. Reggie Brooks is uh, with me as well, and uh, let's start breaking down this game. First of all, Drew Pine looked great tonight.
3: Yeah, he was he was definitely in a rhythm. Um, he seemed to be a lot more sure of where he wanted to go with the ball, and that's something he's kind of struggled with early on, is not being as confident in 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 his throwing and uh, and where he was going the ball. He was a lot more decisive in that area, and I think that that showed with you know him finishing twenty two of twenty eight. Um, a lot of that was just understanding you know th- where guys were, but also I start to see, you know, like especially Jaden Thomas. You got guys that are other than Michael Mayer able to get free and give him some open looks to to you know build that confidence. And that's something as he continues to play, you're seeing that confidence continue to grow. To hey, this is I know where to go with the football to get it out, get it out on time, and put it in put it where it needs to be.
2: I've uh, I've enjoyed watching him improve from like the fourth quarter of uh, of the Cal game uh through the North Carolina game all the way through tonight. It's been, you can definitely see as as he's doing it more, as he's being the starting quarterback more, he's getting more comfortable doing it. And that's exactly what you wanna see out of the starting quarterback, especially. And you
3: know, you look at this, this is this was a this is a a pivotal game, you know, mm-hmm. as they're going through this season, you know, for him to, like I said, as he develops the confidence and playing that's how you develop confidence is through playing the game. Football is a game you got to play and you build upon. And you saw him build upon the momentum from the North Carolina game. You know, additionally, you know, when, when that, you know, when that run game is going, it, it takes a lot of pressure off of him. And it frees him up to be able to make the plays that he's making. And I know I said it, that's, that is the key to this team. And uh, Coach Freeman has mentioned it. We've got to control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And, you know, early on, we were, you know, they were doing some things, but our ability to adjust, and that's another thing I'm seeing with our coaching staff, is that they're mm-hmm. making the adjustments
4: as well. And, well, your confidence builds off confidence. When so you, so you see someone else better, when you know doing better the next energizes the next guy. So your confidence can in be when infectious. You build on that. When you, you build upon that, confidence. not only we have that, confidence, confidence, not only have that confidence, have confidence, confidence not only in yourself, in yourself you. but in and your teammates start
3: you making plays on a consistent basis. And I gotta go back. This offensive line, you just I mean, they had some little hiccups here and there, but they're continuing to get better they're knocking people off the ball and creating that new line of scrimmage.
2: Yeah, you uh I'm I'm sure this makes you happy. The uh the run game definitely getting going and being even more of a power as the second half goes on. More of those big runs coming out in the second half after they're tiring the defense out. 45 rushes tonight, 234 yards. Uh estimate with 97 of those digs with 93 of them on 17 17- uh carries. Chris Tyree also with forty two yards. It's it's exactly what they needed to be doing all this time. They needed to get the running game going and this is what happens.
3: And it and it it's been as simple as allowing the offensive line to come off the ball. And, you know, I there was a couple plays in there still look, you know, irritating when we're you know, and this is just being an old guy. You know, fourth and one, and we we can't get a yard.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Ah, come on, we got to be better than that. That yeah. that that really unnerves me. But again, we're in the shotgun. and <laughs> That's a whole other story. We won't get into that. We won't get into that. Right. But you see, these guys, you know, when they're allowed to come off the ball and be mano a mano, drive blocking, getting a hat on a hat, they have the talent to get people moving and and, and push people off the ball, and and it's opening things up. And you see, estimate he's running downhill. That's when we when he's at his best. I'd love to see him now to, to where he's not, you know, getting getting his legs caught up so early. I'd love to see him do do more about getting his getting his knee lift up. So you you saw it a little bit. He's starting to run through tackles as he gets more confidence in the offensive line to say, hey, they're gonna get the blocks. so I just gotta run and and, and run to the hole. And plow through there, and man, he he was he was a monster again tonight.
2: Yeah, absolutely, um, and especially like I said, getting starting to pick up those big runs after the opposing defense starts getting tired. And I mean, you get that you are going to tire a defense out when you hang on to the ball for almost forty one minutes of the game. I mean, that's that's just dominating time of possession right there
3: no doubt about it and that's that's how you demoralize a defense and and you know because they were okay let's be that is a good football team absolutely and we got to understand you know Notre Dame be a good football team that you know hey they got to come out and play and right. they were getting out, right. out of the, getting out the game this was they were not an easy out at all
2: right yeah they uh you know i mean i mean Notre dame was up you know what twenty five to six at one point, and b y u was able to claw their way back in with a couple of touchdowns and uh and make it a one possession game you know i mean it's the sixteenth ranked team in the country, they're pretty good, yeah, <laughs> they're pretty good
3: so you know that's what you've seen them you know beating quality teams you know north carolina what they were what uh foreign one they're four and one mm-hmm. another quality football team that they've beaten and they've done it with the offensive line being a more dominant group and it just and again you will see them continue to get better and continue to do better and just seeing them make plays you got to love it you just got to love it
2: Absolutely. A, uh, a pretty clean game, too, all the way around. Just one penalty for BYU for five yards, one penalty you know, towards the end of the game against Notre Dame, a, uh, a hold call against Josh Lug that was uh, for 10 yards. But those were the only two penalties in the game, too. So that's got to make you feel pretty good, too. The fact that you can go out and exude your will on a team and do it without having, you know, Without drawing too many too many penalties like that, that's uh, that's definitely been a point of improvement for them as well throughout the this season.
3: That that speaks to a level of discipline that this team is developing, and as they continue to play, continue to grow, and continue to build off the momentum that they have one with another, you're going to continue to see more cl- cleaner games. And it's it, you can it, a lot of times games are a lot cleaner when you're when you're running the ball downhill and you're not you know leaving yourself open to those penalties from an offensive standpoint.
2: Absolutely. We'll uh, we'll talk some defense here coming up next, and of course, uh, as I mentioned before, we've got uh, we've got the uh, the Marcus Freeman post game press conference still to go. We've got player press conferences still to go as well. The opposing scoreboard. We'll name our players of the game. Um, I've got a pretty good idea of who I'm going to nominate for for player of the game right now, but you know who knows? Uh, of course, yeah, uh, yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who knows? Uh, everything, uh, of course, here on the official Notre Dame football post game show, sponsored by the Orthopedic Sports and Medicine Center (OSMC), providing orthopedic care to Michiana since 1973, and the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Learn more at feedindiana.org. Uh, We'll be back in uh, just a couple of minutes. We'll be talking defense, a a really, really, really good night for the defense too uh, as they help Notre Dame pick up the win, 28-20 over BYU in the Shamrock Series game. This is the official Notre Dame football postgame show.
0: They're on the far hash. Notre Dame, four defensive linemen, pair of linebackers, and five DBs. Paul the pass. Floats one down the near sideline to the 50. Intercepted. Intercepted on the 45-yard line. On the near sideline, Tariq Bracy.
2: Tariq Bracey with that uh, interception there on the first play of, uh, of the game for BYU on offense. And uh, from there... Notre Dame defense kind of just off and running at that point. 28-20, the final score in Notre Dame over BYU in the Shamrock Series game out in Las Vegas. This is the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT and Sunny 101.5, presented by St. Joseph Health System. Uh, let's talk some defense real quick. Uh, Reggie Brooks uh, with me. I'm Jim Rizzieri. Uh Brandon Joseph leading the day with, uh, with six total tackles, four of them by himself. Uh, we've got Justin uh, Justin uh, Justin uh with uh, with five tackles. Uh, his, uh, his his brother Jason with a couple of tackles. We've got Jack Kaiser uh, four tackles with uh, including the safety uh, that uh, that kind of started breaking things free for Notre Dame for a little bit in the middle of the game. J T Bertrand with five tackles. A lot of guys is coming up huge for Notre Dame today. Well,
3: except. My biggest issue with this defense is, like I said, it was, some, it was a lot of missed tackles. I mean, guys were making tackles, a lot of missed tackles. But the other aspect of this, a lot of guys were, you know, coming up big and making plays in, in key moments. And, you know, when you – because they were that, – that BYU offense was getting, getting things going a little bit in the run game. They got a uh, really good runner in, in Brooks. And – you know, he was able to you know break some tackles, make some moves here and there. But in key spots, this defense came up and came up big in, in key spots throughout the game. And I think that was a, a key aspect of, hey, this is a good football team we're playing. We got to step up, you know, go nose to nose and come out and, and, you know, say, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're a top football team, too. And let them know, hey, this is going to be a physical football game. Because that's the type of offense and a team BYU is. They're a physical football team. And when we stepped up, matched them, uh, you know, toe-to-toe, went, to win them to, went against them toe-to-toe, I, I that, that made a difference. You know, when the defense, you know, came up big on several different plays throughout the game, stopping them on fourth down, you know, they did the same to us. But we had some key defensive stops that allowed us, to, to maintain that lead, and it was it was critical, and that comes from you know guys. I look look I look at this team, and they're a lot more physical than they were at the beginning of the season, and they continue to get better.
2: Hey, uh, a lot was made about uh, about about Jaron Hall of BYU, uh, kind of a kind of a different quarterback than what Notre Dame is typically used to. Uh, very mobile, but still can also pass the ball too they really had him under control they were giving him fits there for for a little bit there too uh, 9 for 17 just 120 yards he did have a couple of touchdowns uh both of those to uh, to Cody Epps uh, or uh, yeah Cody Epps uh Epps was the only guy that he was able to get the ball to uh he had four catches for 100 yards other than that Romney one catch eight yards. Rex one uh, one catch six yards. Hill one catch five yards. Uh, Katoa one catch three yards. Cosper, one catch minus two yards.
3: They the, the and and that was the thing they did not though in the two touchdowns were to me busted coverages. Yeah. In terms of the the corner allowing a free release, especially one where the safety came up and blitz. And I, I believe it was, was, was Lewis. You've got to redirect that, that receiver and at least knock him off and not allow him to have a free run. And he just got him tw- tw- turned around. And you look around and, you know, again, the guy, kid, kid made a great throw. Yeah. You know, we were late. The, the blitz was a little bit late. And the other one, again, defender not getting hands on in man coverage. You let a guy go on a free run down the middle of your defense. Nothing good comes from that. Mm -hmm. So, but again, outside of those two, you know, miscues, they were big. But you saw defense that definitely held that passing game in check and really got after the quarterback. And you know, he wasn't able to be. He wasn't as effective a runner as he's normally been mm-hmm. throughout this year. And that's that, that's a testament to the linebacking core running down and doing a, a really good job of keeping them contained and the defensive linemen maintaining their pass lanes and pass discipline to where, you know, if you don't run past the quarterback, you redirect. And they kept him corralled. He was not – they kept him uncomfortable for the majority of the game.
2: If there was something that uh, that BYU was able to do, as far as the offense, their offense went anyway. It was running the ball. Twenty-nine rushes overall, uh, fourteen of those by Brooks for uh, for for ninety yards, 160 yards overall for the running attack by BYU. Uh, but the Notre Dame defense, it, it, it bent, but it didn't break in in the most important of spots.
3: Exactly. That's what I alluded to earlier. You know, the defense came up big in big spots when they you know, turned them back and, you know, forced them in the field goals and not really giving up, you know, big scores down in the red zone because, you know, they had some success running the ball. They were getting after us. Uh, our, their offensive line was pretty physical. You know, they got some opportunities to push us off the ball, but our, we just got to be better at tackling. And, and and really get, but that that was a heck of a runner. I'm I, I, watching this kid, very impressive with his ability to run behind his pads. You know, good leverage didn't give give the defensive defenders a big target to hit. He maintained good pad level and he ran hard, ran strong, and he got he made some plays. He made some plays, but like I said, when the defense needed to make some plays and get some stops, they came up big
2: time and time again yes they did uh let's see plenty more still to come as uh, as we break down notre dame's victory over byu 28 to 20 uh out in las vegas we've got uh plenty of press conferences, Marcus Freeman's press conference at, at some point we've uh, we'll get that. Uh, we'll get some player press conferences coming up uh, and we'll uh, we'll get our players of the game and plenty more as the official Notre Dame football post game show rolls on on Sports Radio 960 WSBT and Sunny 101.5. <laughs> The official Notre Dame football post-game show rolling on Sports Radio 960 WSBT and Sunny 101.5. Brought to you by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving Michigan's most favorite pizza since 1978. Also by Pet Refuge, Adopt, Don't Shop, where new beginnings have happy endings. And by Sentier Bank, Indiana's largest private family-owned bank. Uh, we will be getting the, uh, the Marcus Freeman press conference here shortly. Uh... Reggie Brooks uh joining me. I'm Jim Arizari here on the, on the show. Uh just uh like I said, we we can't really hammer this point home enough. Uh that was a good BYU football team that that Notre Dame went out and beat and a, a vital game. Well,
3: and you looked at it, um, you know, you, you, and you Come off, uh, and I'm always nervous coming off by weeks because again, you know you don't know how you got to get that energy level up because you kind of get into a rhythm as you're going through a season, and you know to come come off after winning a, a, a good game, showing up and beating a, a good uh, North Carolina football team, then you get a bye week. I was concerned about.
4: We got to be about what we like, energy level, what we like coming in. Why yeah. you? I knew me. Why you? I knew Why you coming off date? We are against get you off date. Had some real. They had some real. They had they a, you know blood. They, flow flow. 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 they got dirty blood. So you got dirty, and we do it early on, and you know early on. on were we just we know the seam sharp. We knew the seam as sharp, but I was impressed with the fact. I was impressed with the fact that your rhythm so good. That's the one I wasn't impressed Morning saw, really saw, Notre Dame Notre kind of Dame. Miley, it's kind of finding this rhythm, funny funny but this, funny. Funny funny yeah. this rhythm, and be to do what he was trying to do. And as well and as offense, as well as offense, they did a great and job with They did a great job with Justin. what they were doing, finding what they were doing. The biggest thing was, I think the biggest thing, thing was, was getting, getting that energy level, you know, getting guys excited, you know, getting guys excited about making, playing after, making plays, after before making before we were plays. Missing tackles. Where we missed tackles, or you know, in that first quarter, you know, in that first quarter. And, and really starting to get after, and really starting to get after, and becoming a little more
2: physical. I, physical, physical, I love it when the Cylons attack. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, uh, we'll uh, we'll get reconnected back with uh, Reggie here in uh, in just a minute. I did want to play uh, the uh, the Marcus Freeman press conference though here, and uh, we will do that as I pull it over here. Where is my folder? Where did it go? There it is. Okay, here we go. All right. Marcus Freeman, post-game, uh, after, uh, after Notre Dame, beating BYU 28-20 to in the Shamrock Series game.
5: All right. Um, man, as I told the team in the locker room, so proud of uh, their fight. And, uh, you know, it, we knew BYU was going to be a tough team. And I told them at halftime, this team wasn't going to quit. Um and I challenge our guys. We got to match their intensity and to find a way to win, to find a way to yeah. execute, really when it mattered the most. Um, I'm an extremely purposeful. group. You know, I have to say something about the atmosphere here. Unbelievable. Um, the amount of fans that do this. You know, this truly felt um, like a home game, and it was a, it was a, a great environment. It's credit to. Um, what this university, what this network, uh, what this football program, the brand of Notre Dame is about. Um, it was a unique experience, but that's, as I told the team, that's what makes Notre Dame special, is uh, these Shamrock Series games, and this one was special. So um, it was an honor to be a part of it. Um, truly happy for our players, our seniors, and uh, it was a great win for our program. So with that, I'll open up for questions. Go
1: ahead, Tim. Coach, to your, to your left here. Uh, with everything that your defense has gone through, um, how how good was it to have that that defensive stand at fourth and one? Attack? It was big because we needed it. We had, I think we,
5: I don't know the exact yards, fifty something yards at half. We held them to um, defensively held BYU to, and then you come out in the second half, and you know they get the big play for a touchdown, um, and then they come back and they drive, and it's just you can feel a sense of a little bit of panic. I kept telling them, calm down, calm down we got to go back and just do our jobs, relax, one play, one life. And uh, to get the stop fourth and one, um, we challenged them. We challenged them on the sidelines. And it was a timeout right before that fourth and one. And uh, that was a huge play. And I'm really happy for them to to build off of that, to, to end on a high note, and then to go back and be able to learn from those, uh, those plays that, that obviously didn't go our
1: way. Um, it's extremely satisfying. And I know you've been looking for a compliment to styles at wide receiver, Jaden Thomas, stepped forward if you could comment on him and then Drew Pine and his accuracy tonight. Yeah. Um,
5: What was Drew Pine? Past completions. 22 or 28 is pretty good. You know, and and credit to our offensive line and the protection and and credit to those wideouts. They made big catches. I know Michael Mayer had a lot of catches, but, you know, those are big catches. Those are catches that we need. We need guys, I've always said to make the quarterback look. Good. It's too too often the quarterback is too much blame and too much praise, right? We need guys to make the quarterback look good. And and to see Jaden make some of those big catches that he made today um was was huge for the, the confidence of our wideouts room, but also the confidence of our quarterback to be able to spread the ball around. And so well, it was really good to see that. Okay.
1: So next, right? Marcus, is this is sort of what you had in mind with offensive line, defensive line, left team. You know, the the fourth down stop, the safety, uh's four-year run under four also drew mine held a ton of time back there. I mean, this is sort of what you thought you had. Yeah,
5: you know, and that's you know, what I told them when we needed them the most, the O-line and D line stepped up, right? And in that big fourth down stop with D line and, and our O-line um, being on that last drive to you know, continue to get those first downs that we needed when they knew we were running the ball. They knew we were running it, and I told them that's when that's a sign of a, a great offensive line is when they know you're running the ball and you're able to get first downs. Um, that's, that's a, that's an O-line driven program. So yes, this was an example of, of what I'm talking about now. Do we need to get better? Absolutely. But be um, This was a great example of O-line and D-line driving culture. So can you talk about finishing again or is that? Sort of <laughs> no, we're talking about the entirety of the game. Now, you know, we don't talk about just finishing. Um, it's, you know, really kind of putting those plays. Be, and that's hard, and That's and even as a coach, because as much as I want to get mad about those two touchdowns and, and you know, keep that in my mind and if frustrated, you have to move forward because reflecting on that, if you don't learn from it, it doesn't help you with the next play. So the coach has got to challenge yourself first to say, move on. As mad as you are about something that don't go your way, move on and uh, challenge your players to do the same
1: thing. Doug, Farmer's next right here. Thank you, or is that uh fourth down stop might be even more notable to sink through a little thinner in the defensive interior than anticipated how across the availability and how did you want to handle that in this situation? Well, you know what? He was going
5: to test it out pretty. Um, he had a high ankle sprain and, and he practiced a little bit, but uh, it, it, he didn't feel after warmups that he was going to be able to help us. And, um, you know, the doctors didn't feel like he was going to be able to help us. So we had to have some other guys step up. And Chris Smith is a guy that, you um, He's done a really good job. And we wanted to play him more. And uh he, he did a good job stepping up great. Gabe Rubio stepped up in terms of uh, for Howard Cross. And so we'll need that. Listen, some young guys have to step up. That's the beauty of of this program. And that we're we're pretty deep at the defensive tackle position. We're gonna have to have some young guys step up uh here
1: for the future. I think you said Drew had twenty two completions, half of those went to Mike Mayor. I don't know what can be said anymore, but you hopefully have some words at this point. He's special
5: you know, he is a special football player. But the thing you love about Michael Mayer is that he's the hardest worker. And when your best player is your hardest worker, you know what, that's the greatest example you can have for young guys and for your entire team. And so um, I'm just going to continue to push him to continue to be the hardest worker we have. Coach Parker, Coach Reese have done a great job of still developing. Like He's not a finished product. and And that's Tough to say for the guy that to have holds probably every record at Notre Dame for tight ends. He's not a finished product. But he understands that he wants to be pushed. That's the thing about Michael Mayer. He's one of those great ones that don't want to be told, don't doesn't want to be told what he does well. Tell me how to improve That's what makes him
1: special. Hey, Marcus, um, a couple of weeks ago after North Carolina, you were really complimentary of Tommy Reese, and then you talked earlier just tonight about establishing more the identity that you want on the offensive and defensive lines. It seemed Tommy had another excellent game
5: calling in tonight. Is that more of what you envisioned? And as a defensive guy, when it seems a coordinator is in that kind of rhythm, what, what can that be like for the opposition? You know what? Uh, you, you look at what I love about what our offensive staff and Tommy has done is, is, I think they challenge each other in terms of the preparation. And today's a a result of that. Today's a result of really having a critical eye in terms of evaluating everything we do. And that's what I think sometimes, you know, we get misconstrued that it's all about the game. I know the result matters and that's how we're judged, but to get the result you want, man, you have to, Prepare the right way, and that means having a critical eye. That means having um, uncomfortable conversations every day during the week and, and really challenging each other um, to find ways to improve, and, and that's what I love most about what Coach Reese and often staff has done. is really challenge each other to practice at a higher level and ultimately to perform at a higher level. Last month at
1: home, we found a way to win against Cal, um, had a little bit more uh, leeway against North Carolina. Found a way to win tonight in a, in a neutral setting or whatever. Um, how foundational is that for what you're trying to build right now and for the future of the program?
5: It's, you know, it's, it's what we're going to have to do, you know, until we get to the point where, um, you know, we're executing even at a higher level. You know what I mean? And It is. We're going to have to find the ways when these games are close, you're playing a great opponent like BYU. That's a tough football team. You know, in these big games, you're going to find a way to win it at the end. College football, the Perry is, is, is pretty close for a lot of us and you know a team like BYU um you're gonna have to find a way they're never gonna lay down and you're gonna have to find a way to finish and uh you know what if it, if it comes down to that that's
1: what we're gonna do. Back over to your line. That's okay. Marcus I know you guys thought highly of Drew even before he had to step in but in now the last few games what have you kind of learned about him or what has it said about him that he's been a reason you guys have won in a game where QB is going to be crucial going against talented guy last week and a multi-year starter today
5: yeah he's an ultimate competitor. that's the one thing that makes him special It's um he competes he prepares the right way and and you know I, I look at I think about that first half of the Cal game and really maybe a little bit more than the first quarter and, and it wasn't a lack of confidence but it was a lack of execution and that really messes with your confidence right and, and Drew Pine is his Always ready to go, you know, and now what you're seeing is the execution starting to be there, so the confidence is continuing to rise. And so i just keep challenging to continue to be the standard in terms of how we prepare, you know, because he is, and uh he'll continue to
1: get better and better. And from guys you've been around, either as a player or as a coach, what does it take for like guys when they know they're at the top of the scouting report and know they're gonna be a key down, like a third down, stuck them up with that like Mayor did so many times today? What's the mindset that you see in a lot of
5: those guys? And maybe you see him like. Um, I think, you know, you, 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 study your opponent, right? The elite guys study their opponent. They understand what they're going to, you know, be challenged with. Like you have to have an idea of what your opponent is going to do offensively and defensively and, and have a plan. And so what you see is mayor knowing his, he's going to be single covered or double covered. you know, he still has a plan. You know, if a guy's going to play with outside leverage, he has a plan to break the leverage, you know, and I think that comes from coaching and, and preparation. And so those are things that the great players do. The guys that are trying to become great players just have to figure out what to do. The ones that are the great players, like Michael Mayer, some of those guys, they say, okay, I know what the defense is going to do. How do I make sure that I still find a way to win? And you see, he does that more than not. Uh, we're going to go to Portino right there in the middle.
1: Hey, Marcus, uh, uh, how have you seen Artur improve and find his role in a? out of the backfield, and two, what goes through remind mind? we see him hurdle a guy like that. Is it excitement, fear, all in the above? Yeah, I would say a little bit of, of both.
5: You know, he's a bulldozer, man, and uh, when that bulldozer starts jumping, I don't know, you're not, bulldozers aren't supposed to be off the ground. You know what I mean? Bulldozer supposed to be on the ground, but, uh, you know, to see him do that, it, it just shows his athleticism, but he's playing at a high level. Coach McCullough is doing a great job with that running back Logan Diggs. Um, you know, I know Chris Tyree, uh, you know, didn't probably have the, the numbers that he had last week, but those that three headed monster and, and I can't speak enough about the unselfishness of that room. You know, all three of those guys want to be start all three of those guys want to have every rep, but to be unselfish and to put the the greater good of the team in front of yourself, man, that's the example we need for our
1: team. Uh, third row on the right, third. coach. You talked a little bit about the atmosphere. How, how did Las Vegas treat you this week? And do you feel like more games like this one should be played in Las Vegas moving forward? Yeah, um,
5: there can be some distractions now, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so it was good for us to come in here yesterday. And and, and I told him, Your body is telling you, I don't care what the time says, your body's telling you on Eastern time. So let's get ready to go to bed. And so, um, mm-hmm. they came to the stadium. It, this was this stadium's amazing. Um, what a beautiful stadium. This environment is, is, I mean, I can't speak highly enough about it, you know. And, and, you know, and I think Las Vegas, the city of Las Vegas, you know, attracts a lot of people. But the Notre Dame Nation is going to go no matter if we're in Dublin, Ireland next year or we're in Chicago Illinois last year or we're in Las Vegas, Nevada this year. They're going to follow wherever we go. And, and it, it you know, I know, you know, John might have said it was a neutral site, but it felt like a home game. You know, those fans were strong, and uh, we can feel that, and we appreciate that. Coach, we're going to wrap it up right here.
1: Marcus, you mentioned the interior play from the guys um, up the middle, but Jason Adamola, what, what did you get out of him, and what, what does he bring that unit that allows him to get a safety and help on that fourth down stuff? Yeah, he is, uh, man, is he
5: an emotional leader for that group? You know, he's the guy that when things are tough, he always comes and grabs and says, Coach, I got you. He did it last year and he does it this year. And at the biggest moments, he shows up, you know, and and you can't say enough about a guy like that that you know in the biggest moments you can depend on. And he's going to make sure that he makes a play. But it isn't like he does something short. He just does his job really, really well. That's what our guys have to understand. You don't have to go make a play. You got to do your job really, really well. And then the players will come to you. But he is a very dependable player for
1: us. What informed the decision to go for two in the first half? It ended up being an eight-point game. So, do you have type type of what, what what would inform that decision? We, we there at, at times. I used
5: the book. Um, There's an analytics book, and, and you know what? We knew that at some point we would have to go for two, um, and that that's kind of what the decision was. It was, hey, what's the book said right now? The book says go for two. I don't always use it, but at that moment, I said, okay, let's use it. Um, you know, I felt like we were having a rhythm. When we were going and. and you know, we felt confident two-point play. We didn't execute. And those are one of those things you always look and you, you look back and say, okay, if we wouldn't have called, we would have kicked the extra point. It would have been a nine-point game. But if they would have scored, you know, and it, we would have to go for two at some point, they was a closer game. So um, those are decisions you have to make. you got to make a decision. you got to trust your instincts and, and don't look back. You've got to study it and say, okay, is there something else you would do? But trust your instincts making make it move forward. So, yep. All right. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, guys. Thank you. <clears> Thank <throat> you.
2: And that is Notre Dame head coach Marcus Freeman in his post game press conference, uh, mentioned uh, the the Notre Dame fans traveling sixty two thousand seven hundred forty two, which I believe set a uh, a collegiate game record at Allegiant Stadium tonight. Notre Dame winning against BYU twenty eight to twenty. We'll get Reggie's thoughts on uh, on that press conference. We'll also hear from Michael Mayer as well. He uh, he went out and. I think set a couple of records even tonight. So, uh, we'll we'll hear from him coming up. It is the official Notre Dame Football Post Game Show presented by St. Joseph Health System on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. The official Notre Dame Football Post Game Show continuing on Sports Radio 960 WSBT and Sunny 101.5. Jimmy Rosario with Reggie Brooks. Uh, Reggie, you just heard from uh, from Marcus Freeman in his uh, in his post game press conference. Uh, your thoughts on what he had to say?
3: Um, I, I was particularly aware of him when he mentioned about you know you know guys getting a little anxious, you know, because they start off. You know, we were giving we gave up some plays defensively, and he you know telling the guys, "Hey, calm down, calm down. Let's get back to the basics, and don't get out of sorts." and you know that's important to have a leader that can you know kind of reset the team because as i said i was a little nervous about how they're going to come back in you know with with after be coming off of a bye you know to get that energy level up and get back into the swing of things um and you you saw that you know they had some had a couple of plays here and there but again guys stepped up when they needed needed the most and but it's important to have leadership that has that confidence. I mean, he was talking about the confidence of Drew Pine, and and we talked about it before. You know, the press conference said the more he does this, the more opportunity he gets, the more confident he becomes with with the throws, uh, you know, the completions. And you got to have some guys that that's going to go out there and make some plays for you. The 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 touchdown uh, to Jaden Thompson. Man, that was a huge catch. I mean, that was a great you catch. Know, he, yeah. you know, he underthrew the ball, <laughs> and for him to come back and basically take it off of the defender and yeah. just just Debo the defender take the ball from him. And, you know, that great catch, touchdown catch by Michael Mayer, outstretched. He, that gives him the confidence to make those throws because guys are making the plays for him. You got to have, you know, it, it goes both ways. You know, you want the quarterback to put the ball where it's supposed to be. But you also have to have receivers helping him build his confidence by catching those balls that may be a little bit off, a little bit out of off target. Make the play. Make the play when you have the opportunity.
2: A uh, a guy who certainly didn't waste any time uh, coming back from the bye week was definitely Michael Mayer. 11 catches, 118 yards, two touchdowns on the night. Here he is post game. I don't know if I've seen a lot
1: of play celebrate or recognitions that like you had after you broke the record? Were you aware that they were going to do that?
6: What What did that moment mean to you as well? I wasn't aware. Um, you went back, sat on the bench and saw me up on the screen, and then I heard they kind of announced it. So um, very, very grateful. Um, I've been around a ton of good football coaches, a ton of good football players um, that have gotten me to this point, starting in fifth grade, really. I mean, um, and I'm just very, very grateful. Um, Tremendous people here at the University of Notre Dame uh, have gotten me to this point and I'm grateful. Why do you, why are
1: you and Dupont seemingly on the same page so all the time?
6: A lot of practice. I mean, we're we're throwing each other. He's throwing me balls all day in practice, but then we're staying after in practice to getting balls um, you know, Sunday or Mondays on our off days or our lift days. We're going out there and getting some balls. Um it's a lot yeah. of practice, a lot of repetition. Um, it works, it really does. And and it worked today.
1: Yeah. I think it was the, the second touchdown. You sort of take us through that play, how you how you're reading that out, and just sort of the way you were able to get yourself open. Uh, yeah. What was the second touchdown? Yeah, you did? I just wanted a diving one. maybe getting go for it. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's,
6: I have. So I have an over route. Um, I knew it was man coverage. Um, the safety was high, and I kind of just stacked him and uh, broke it off. And Drew drew through a beautiful ball because the guy was kind of on my hip. So, kind of threw, like, a one-iron at me. The guy probably could have batted it down. But he kind of did, like, a little seven-iron, eight-iron right over, uh, right in my hands. And it was perfect. Drew knew I had the guy man-to-man. Man. Um, I bet you he was probably thinking of going to me the entire play either way. So, um, great ball by him. And, and then
1: uh, I just had to finish the play. I, I, would, I would say, after the Marshall game of the season, the expectations, goals, like, that recalibrated a little bit, like, to stack the last three games together. What does that do for just like the confidence of the team that you this season can still go a place that you want it to go? It is going at this point, it's going
6: where we want it to go. Um, we're really just gonna keep stacking or trying to stack W's, uh, keep practicing the way we've been practicing hard attack, um, and, and kind of have that mentality that that you know nobody's gonna stop us the rest of the season and try to win out. Um, and that's what we're doing. So we're just gonna keep practicing as hard as we can. Freeman I and Coach is not going to change anything up. We're going to do the same exact stuff we've been doing all season. Um, and we're just gonna, you know, try to keep winning ballgames.
5: Stay down your left, my Patrick Dingle. This is the last one.
1: My, I'm sure you like are cognizant of that you're probably at the top of every opponent's scouting report, but like how do you process that if it's something that you think about at all or as what well goes into like still producing when you know you're in in that spot every week? I'm sure that's more of like a coach Reese question.
6: Um, but I mean, I feel like no matter what the defense is doing, at a certain part of the game, um, Coach Reese will set me up to make a big play, and I have to be there to make the big play, and Drew has to be there to make the big throw. Um, and that just, you know, really happened 11 times tonight. Um, and, you know, I really believe in Coach Reese. I believe in, in, in Drew and, um, you know, these defenses. That, I don't really think about that. I just got to come out here, play my best ball, Try to get W. I'm not worried about being on other teams to scouting reports or anything. Okay, well said. Nice. Thank you, guys.
7: Thank
2: you. <laughs> that might be the part that I love about the guy the most. Still, we've got to celebrate these uh, these accomplishments by Michael Mayer. All right, so he breaks the the career tight end receptions record on the twenty four on the first of uh, of his touchdown catches tonight. So he did that. Uh, and we still have seven games to play, by the way, this season. Like, God knows how high this record's going to get, quite honestly. And now he's also—the uh, the two touchdown catches tonight put him one behind Ken McAfee for most touchdown catches by a Notre Dame tight end. So that's coming up. And then uh, he also uh, broke the—he uh, also reset the Notre Dame record for tight end receptions in a game with 11 tonight. He had the previous record of nine, so um, yeah, Michael Mayer just an absolute force. The thing about it, the thing about it, got to be is the doing
3: the work that he's doing. He he's setting the standard. Coach, Coach Raymond kind of, Coach Freeman kind of, Michael Mayer sets the standard. You know, you mentioned he mentioned how after practice he. And and Drew, throw more balls. They 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 develop that relationship. I would love to see more of the receivers and other you know other offensive players putting in that type of work, the extra work that's necessary. You know, this is the guy. Just follow suit.
0: Mm-hmm. Whatever
3: Michael Mayer does, hey, I need I want to. I want to do what he does. I'm gonna follow him. They need to be following him to the to the meeting rooms, out on the field. Whatever he's doing, it's working. <laughs> and
2: exactly. that's what the rest of them need to do. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Reggie Brooks, Jim Erzari here with the official Notre Dame football postgame show. Uh, we'll, uh, let's see, get to the uh, the opponent's scoreboard. We'll have that coming up in just a little bit. Uh, might also get in a uh, another player. Press conference as well before uh, before we're all said and done uh, for the night. Notre Dame beating BYU twenty eight to twenty in the Shamrock Series game in Las Vegas. More to come here on the official Notre Dame football post game show. The official Notre Dame football post game show on Sports Radio nine sixty WSBT and Sunny one hundred one point five rolling on uh, Michael Mayer with two touchdowns, of course. Both thrown to him by Drew Pine. Let us hear Drew Pine's post-game press conference.
5: Drew, I mean,
1: it's it's obvious that your confidence level continues to go up. Like when you think about where you where you've come from, the first start, what what's going through your head, your accuracy is probably as as good as it's been in the three starts.
7: Yeah, you know, I think it's just preparation and taking every single practice like a game and just preparing really hard. But also, you know, something that, you know, all you guys saw during the Cal game was, you know, all my teammates coming up to me when I was down. And, you know, when I wasn't succeeding, every single player on the team, offense, defense, special teams, so many guys came up to me and had my back. And honestly, like the reason I'm so comfortable out there is because I, I love each and every one of the guys that I'm on the field with. I They're all my best friends. And, you know, that just makes me really comfortable to go operate.
1: As a quarterback, the more weapons, the better, right? Mm-hmm. I would imagine because you can go anywhere.
7: Jaden Thomas, yeah. his emergence tonight and what that means to you. Yeah. You know, JT has worked really hard, and he he has all summer. He did in the spring. I mean, he's he's worked really hard, and he deserves that. You know, just like uh, Lorenzo did last week with the post, Jaden Thomas went up there and made a play. I I it, and he went up there and, and made an unbelievable play, and I'm so proud of him. And, um, you know, we're going to need him to – Keep doing what he's doing, and, and he's going to be a big role for us in the future. And, uh, you know, all our receivers I really trust. And uh, yeah, I, it's, I'm so happy for him. And as far as your accuracy,
1: I mean, you, are you confident yeah. that you can be a 75% passer? Um, you know, I don't really
7: worry about stats. I just worry about winning. But I you know, I, I have no clue how many yards I can't even tell you a bar call as I threw. Whatever, I don't really think about that. It's just, uh you know, play by play. You know, I think accuracy has always been a part of my game that kind of separates me. And um that's something that I really have kind of focused on ever since i was a little kid.
0: Where do you pee right here?
7: Drew, the there are a handful of plays tonight
1: where you, I don't know how many seconds you had back there, but it was almost like the receivers were running their second yeah. route by the time you threw it. Like, can you take me through, like, those styles of plays, like the rules, what you're looking for, and then just, like, what that says about the offensive line and the way to protect it?
7: Yeah, I mean, first of all, the offensive line is just unbelievable. Those guys work so hard. Coach E. Sam, you know, coaches them really hard and, and shows up during games. And uh, so I'm so thankful for our line and Coach E. Sam, and Those guys are unbelievable. And kind of when I'm back there and you have a lot of time, uh, you know, it's, I think the most important thing is to not panic because, you know, I've had a lot of time like that before in my life, and I and – you know, don't know what to do, whatever. And I just don't panic. I just keep looking, see the defense, see what's going on, and, and just find an open guy or, or have to throw it away or whatever. But I'm, my whole thing is, you know, staying neutral and, and not panicking and, uh, you know, being able to just have emotional stability throughout every play. Uh, and just also the the flip to estimate is you're sort of <laughs> being dragged down. I don't know how much you practice that at a moment. but um, yeah, yeah, I was kind of surprised myself. Right? <laughs> I don't know. It works, I guess. And then he hurls someone, so <laughs> it's pretty good. Right, we're gonna
1: put two back there in the middle. Yeah, actually my question. But I will ask you about Michael Mayer. I mean, just how we call him a quarterback's best friend, but as an actual quarterback who throws him a lot, just what especially on third down, and just what goes through your mind? Like, is there a point where you're thinking they've got to be covering him better at this point?
7: I'm mean, gonna have to like, he just always seems to. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of uncoverable. Um, you know, for for a quarterback being able to. See what the defense is in, and seeing, and coach. First of all, Coach Reese gets Mike in such an unbelievable position to go out, go ahead and succeed, and then Mike absolutely dominates whoever's in front of him. And um, you know, for me, having such a great line and being able to find Mike a couple times today was unbelievable in big moments. And um, you know, it adds so much to our offense. And he's an unbelievable player, and you know, my best friend. And that's really cool to be out there with with uh, Mike and I'm happy he's on our team. Go <laughs>
1: The difference in the last two games in third down for you guys is staggering. It's like 19 for 29, but this great. I know it's players making plays Michael energy for him mm-hmm. for you today. Is there a change in approach on third downs that makes such a stark change in the first two games to the next two games?
7: You know, I don't think so. I think it's just kind of my mentality going into each and every game and being prepared and being ready. Um, because you know, Coach Reese really, really values third down. Um, he values the protection, he values uh, exactly what we're going into every week. You know, him and I talk about the calls that I'd want to first and third down, and, um, you know, coach Reese does a really good job with that. And I'll tell you what, like in the past two weeks, past three weeks, um, you know, I felt like coach Reese and I are on the same exact page. And I think that's, you know, credit to him for getting us ready. And, and like you said, really, really focusing on third down. That's a big, uh, component of, of how he calls the game. Uh, we're okay, thanks, Drew. Thank you
2: guys. All right. And that is uh, quarterback, <laughs> Drew Pine, uh, Let's see, 22 of 28 for 262 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Kind of wasn't his fault either. It got tipped and it fell into a a defender's hands. Uh, Drew Pine is uh, certainly getting more comfortable in the pocket. And
3: that's that's actually kind of where, you know, you kind of seeing that, because he's not the tallest guy. And I know, like I said, even with Buckner, you know, his ability to move and find those throwing lanes has been impressive. And how Drew has, again, gained that confidence and that comfortability to make the throws. And that comes from, you know, consistent practice, consistent play. And he's seen things a lot better. He's You can see his reaction time is a lot quicker. He's making the throws on time. And, you know, uh, Michael Mayer was talking about the over route. That one was a, a, a thing of beauty where he that ball placement had to be precise for that to get, get, you know, where my only Michael Mayer could catch it and make a play on it. Beautiful ball. That is a, a, a direct correlation to the comfort level of where Drew Pine is and his relationship with Michael Mayer and how they've been able to connect on a continuous basis. It's a thing it's been a thing of beauty to watch him. Um, and I just love seeing him and how he's grown as a quarterback. And like you said, there's still seven games left. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be exciting to see how this team continues to grow and perform, um, in particular with those two guys.
2: 11 of 16 on third downs, too. Uh, you, you, heard, you heard Drew mention it. Uh, that's got to make an offensive coordinator really happy, too.
3: Well, and you like it because, again, he also talked about the the improvement of the offensive line, you know, and this is something that you see this offense continuing to improve, continuing to grow as a unit as opposed to having, like, a bit, you know, a great player like Michael Mayer over here, a pretty solid quarterbacks and running backs, uh, okay offensive line. you got receivers are starting to step up you know, on a more regular basis. You got the running backs that are starting to run downhill, getting comfortable, and really getting after it. And that's a direct reflection of the offensive line and what they've been able to do of creating those that new line of scrimmage. And, you know, this, this is going to be exciting to watch how this offense continues to blossom because if they continue to get better, you're going to see some more points on the board. And, you know, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they could run the table.
2: It's really not. It, it. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody scoffing at that, especially you know with how Clemson is playing. You know, Clemson definitely back this year after uh, after maybe a uh, an off season last year, but um, I I could see that if if they keep improving and they keep playing the way that they're doing, uh, the way that they're playing anyway. I mean. What's to keep them from running the table here?
3: Exactly. I mean, and again, this team, and again, you know, knock on wood, they stay healthy. There's talent on this team. You know, Coach Freeman talked about the depth on the defensive line. You know, this – and I've been as critical as anyone about our secondary. I mean, and there's still work that they need to do. But they've made great strides. So you have a back-end – of your defense that's getting better. You got the linebacker core, you know, that's playing at a high level, and you got such great depth of defensive line. As they get better, get get more confidence in getting after the quarterback, hey, because we saw, you know, Clemson, Clemson is vulnerable, mm-hmm. you know, especially from a, a, a defensive standpoint. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. I'm not saying it's a shoe in but if they continue on this track, this football team is going to be hard to beat.
2: They are. They are. He's Reggie Brooks. I'm Jimmy Rosari. We will get the opponent's scoreboard coming up next here on the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
8: Now it's time to see how Notre Dame's opponents fared on our Under Armour opponent scoreboard. Of course, Under Armour, the official clothing and uniform providers of Notre Dame Athletics. Ohio State continues to stay undefeated. They easily got past Michigan State in East Lansing today, 49-20. North Carolina held off Miami in Coral Gables, 27-24. Notre Dame's next opponent, Stanford, is just underway with Oregon State. No score in the first quarter. On Friday, UNLV lost to San Jose State, 40-7. Clemson, no problems with Boston College on the road, 31-3 the final. Navy, rolls past Tulsa today, 53-21. And USC, a winner over Washington State, 30-14 in Los Angeles. Marshall, California, Syracuse, all off this week. Coming up, the final segment of tonight's official Notre Dame post game show presented by St. Joseph Health System on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSPT.
2: Wrapping up the official Notre Dame football post game show. Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT, Jim Roseri and Reggie Brooks. Uh, as we uh, wrap things up and uh, start getting ready for, for next week, Stanford uh, here in town, uh, an actual home game, I guess. Uh, we will. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give the floor to you, Reggie. Uh, some final thoughts and uh, who you got for a player of the game? Well,
3: Final thoughts on this game was this was another big hurdle for this team and for this coaching staff. And and, uh, their maturation and develop continues. Uh, When you play a team like this, you know a lot more physical, and you match that physicality. You know they played grown man ball in this game, and I I was impressed to see how they stood toe to toe with this BYU uh, offense defensive line and and showed up and, and. and, and got the win. And the last thing is, you know, going into next week, they got to have confidence. Continue to build that confidence. Continue to to rally around your quarterback. And and, and again, if some of both coach and players start pitching, I love how they're talking about how they care about each other. That is something that gets that doesn't get the the level of attention that is needed when you have a team that genuinely likes being around each other when you have a coaching staff that likes being around each other that likes to be in others presence there's a care and a compassion and a desire to do even more to make sure that you do your job and take care of your teammate take care of your coach to make them look good if they continue down this this path continue to build that bond of, com- of compassion and care for one another, this is going to be a formidable team that a lot of teams are going to be looking at.
2: Absolutely, and to and lastly, uh, and to and, and to kind of build off, my uh, guys, oh, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Okay. Uh, to kind of to kind of build off that that uh, that point of togetherness, uh, a great example would be when Estime came up short on on that fourth and goal. Or fourth and short anyway, for you know, trying to get the the first and goal. Uh the next play, defense comes up with a safety. Almost kinda like the like the ultimate example as far as tonight goes, uh as as a defense having an offense's back.
3: Yeah. And I mentioned this last week uh the importance of developing an offense that complements the defense, defense complementing the offense. That's what you're seeing with this team now, that you're getting a team that's, you know, on on the offense, defense side of the ball is starting to complement each other by their play. It was like, hey, you know, we got you. You know, that's defense. And it, it, it didn't work out for the offense. We got you back. We're here. And then, boom come back later you get a touchdown because the defense they scored points and said hey you don't have to worry about it we're here for you keep doing what you're doing keep being aggressive keep competing at a high level and for me it all starts with number 87 and that's why he's my player of the game you know breaking records left and right I mean the the kid is and, and there are not enough superlatives to, to hurl at kid's, in that kid's direction because he just he just continues to improve. And that's the, when Coach said, when Coach Freeman mentioned that this kid is not even a finished product, and he's playing at such a high level. Right. Well, can you imagine what that finished product is going to be <laughs> with seven games left? You know, eleven catches, hundred plus yards, two TDs. And and I, I feel the best is yet to come because now he has a quarterback that's developing confidence. So he's gonna be put, putting the putting the ball where where Michael wants it on a more consistent basis. So we're definitely gonna see him breaking that, that touchdown record.
2: Michael Mayer as a finished product might actually look like uh, you know, he's he's wearing a blue suit. And uh, and a red cape, you know, with a with a yellow logo, (laughs) yellow (laughs) Notre Dame logo, right in the middle Uh, there. Just a thought, just a thought that I that that just popped into my head there when you said it. So uh, (laughs) I love it, (laughs) but uh, but yeah, you're absolutely. Just give him the Mackey Award already. Anyway, that's uh that's me getting off my soapbox now. Reggie, you have a uh, have a great week, and uh, (laughs) we will talk to you after the uh, after the Stanford game. Sounds good. Take right. care, Jim. All right. Have a uh, have a great week, everybody. Like I said, we will uh, see you back here once again. Another late night for us too, because uh, Stanford is another night game, but uh, under the lights at Notre Dame Stadium next week. So for Reggie Brooks, I'm Jim Irizarry. This has been the official Notre Dame football post game show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
1: This has been the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System. Brought to you by Coca-Cola, Sirius XM, Chili's, Papa Vino's, South Bend Orthopedics, South Bend Airport, West Bend Insurance, Centier Bank, and ABC 57 News. Also by Pet Refuge, Barnabys of Mishawaka and Granger,
0: OSMC, and the
1: Food Bank of Northern Indiana.